Hello, and welcome to Start By Listening, the podcast about sexual harm. We are centered on educating and empowering our Western Kentucky communities. Our goal is to transform the way we talk about sexual harm. Transformation begins by listening to understand. We talk so you can listen today and change the world tomorrow. Well, hello, Start By Listening listeners. It's Jennifer, aka The Friendly Therapist, here with you today. And I have with me my amazing coworker and co-host, Marcy. Hey, Marcy. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. You know what I just realized? Uh, I just realized I forgot to turn off my email. (laughs) So if y'all heard just a little ding. Sorry, I'm closing it out now to all my listeners out there. (laughs) Rupture. Let's repair within our nervous system. Take a few deep breaths. Take another deep breath. Hmm. I'm getting back into the mind frame now. Well, as always, I am at my house today, so you might hear my dogs barking. Marcy, it looks like you're actually in the office today. I am. I'm here in the office and sort of wishing I was home so I could see the pretty sunshine that's outside. (laughs) (laughs) It is a gorgeous out here. Gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. Um, I'm watching some squirrels and birds. I see a cardinal. There's some grackles out my window. And it's really nice. And all of my daylilies are like six inches tall now, the leaves. Yeah. I've got a frosted glass. Yeah, I have frosted glass and the window does not open, Um, but I can tell that it's sunny, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. It is sunny compared to yesterday, which was icky. And it was very icky last evening. Um, I think the worst of it skirted us, but I think some of our friends in Jefferson County had some stronger storms Mm -hmm. most definitely (sighs) oh my goodness you know what I'm looking out and actually I think that there is a flower that is blooming an Easter lily you know what are those called buttercups I have no clue daffodils something the yellow ones yeah, but I think I see some to my fence. Well, Marcy, last time we met, because April, we're still in the month of April, is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And boy, you and I took a journey with our nervous systems that day. I like that that was that was a hard, hard shit. It was very intense. So yeah. Today is not going to be as intense. (laughs) So wipe your brow. It's good. Yes, thankful. (laughs) 
So I was thinking that for the second podcast, we could focus on just an awareness because it is Sexual Assault Awareness Month of being aware of, you know, sometimes people might think, oh, sexual assault, rape, sexual abuse, sexual harm, that doesn't happen where I live. And I wish y'all could see Marcy right now, like, like her whole body was like, yeah, no. (laughs) Um, So I thought that could be our focus, could be along the lines of what can I do to be more aware of any kind of sexual assault or um, sexual abuse, anything like that? That's what I was thinking. How does that sound for today? Sounds like a good topic because it is everywhere. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it, it is, is everywhere. And, you know, I think people, if they knew the things that, you know, if they knew how common it was, um, which, I mean, I think we try as an agency to get those statistics out there. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, not only to make the public aware and, and educate, but also to let those that may be victims of sexual violence know they're not alone and hopefully encourage them to get help if they need it. You know, I will be completely 100% honest in, in saying this. And I'll take ownership because I do believe sometimes we don't know what we don't know until we know. And until I started working for New Beginnings, I really didn't notice or observe or pay attention, right, to like Facebook notifications, the Owensboro Times, which is a local little um online newspaper here in our community, the Messenger Inquirer, which is our paper, the news. I didn't really pay attention whenever they would make reports about perpetrators being arrested or um, court proceedings. I just, honest to goodness, I didn't, I didn't notice. Mm -hmm. Not until I started working because, you know, And I typically, I'm a very tunnel vision kind of a person, like always have been, I could be walking down the hall and like in school and people could be yelling my name and I wouldn't hear them because I was so focused on something else. But I don't know, was that, has that been your experience as well or not? Um, No, um, not So I didn't start out um, in the therapy field until I was older. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I knew it existed because I also come from, um, my mother has been in the counseling field for 
you know, years, most of her life. Yeah. So um, I had that, the awareness that it happened. Um, I worked in my first counseling job. I worked in the jail system and that was a realization of how common it was, you know, Oh, I forgot you did that. Yes. um, So many of the um, men that I worked with had that in their past. Um, Wait a minute. Had what in their past? Sexual, sexual harm. So they were victims, mm-hmm. aka or, survivors, or they were uh, victims in the in seeing their moms be raped or abused um, sexually. A, a lot of them, because in the in the criminal justice system, you know, you got to be pretty vulnerable to disclose some of that. Um, yeah. So a, a lot, a lot of times it was. Um, from a, as a child, the things they saw that happened to their, to their moms. Um, but there was also um, a fair number that did um, disclose sexual harm in their past. Um, so from there, after I left the jail system, I started working um, with children in um, an inpatient setting and learned very, very quickly how common it was. Um, so um, I think that's what w- led me to want to be with New Beginnings is I, I enjoy trauma work. I know that sounds weird, but I, I, enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy trauma work. And, you know, prior to coming here, I had the tip of the iceberg of being able to do trauma work. And mm-hmm. I really wanted to push myself and advance in trauma work. And so that's what led me to New Beginnings um, is because I knew being a therapist here, that that's all I would be doing, you yeah. know? Wow. And, and see, like when I began my career, um, early 2000s, as just general, you know, case manager with social work. I worked in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. And honest to goodness, and I worked with teenagers and teenagers who had been in the system for a while. But in the charts, there was only, and this is out of a six year working, okay? There were only about five kiddos that had that in their chart. Wow. However, looking back, right, with all the knowledge I have now, I realized that number was probably a lot higher and they just had not disclosed. Right. Um, and so, you know, I really had not had a lot of exposure to working with survivors until um, I came to New Beginnings. And then I began to pay attention to, and it was like almost daily, another person has been arrested for child pornography. Mm-hmm. You know, another individual has been arrested for uh, sexual abuse of a minor. And I was like, it, it, it literally, it, it, there are some days it feels like every day there is something 
in the news in our community about this? Which literally the upside of that is you know we have a wonderful um detectives both with our city and county police Mm -hmm. that work really really hard to get these individuals arrested you know and I am thankful for that I'm not you know I hate that this is is the issue and that we have to see this in the news but I'm at the same time very appreciative of our police officers that are out there trying to get these these people um, away from kids and away from doing this some more mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or adults. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think just a great tidbit of knowledge, tidbit of awareness for anyone listening today, tomorrow, whenever they, they you know, download this podcast, you know, statistics, the most recent research statistics show one out of every four girls one out of every six boys. So six plus four is 10. One plus one is two. So two out of every 10 people, let's just say that. Now you and I both know that those numbers are very low because that's only based on data of actual people reporting. Exactly. There are many people who will die never uttering those words that I'm a survivor, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm gonna get out my little phone here. And I'm going to get my calculator because, yeah, me and math, we don't get along. But out of curiosity, how many people would you say are in Davis County? Is it over? um, Is it like over 100,000 maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it's like 110,000. Well, we'll err on the side of caution. And we'll say 100,000, okay? And so if we're saying that two out of 10 are survivors and there are 100,000 people, give or take, and and I'm not even talking about the other six counties, just Davis County. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we serve seven counties in Kentucky. So let's see, 100,000 people. How do I figure this out? I don't know. I was really impressed you were doing this. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't have a clue. I don't figure Oh, my gosh. Divided by 10, maybe? Let's see. Okay. If I take 100,000 and I divide it by 10, that is 10,000 people. If I divide that maybe by 2, 2 out of 10, does that sound about right? Oh my God. Y'all listen, whoever's listening out there, this is why Marcy and I are therapists. Okay. We are therapists. <laughs> we are not statisticians. We are not mathematicians. We talk and we read body language. We do not do numbers. <laughs> I have but, no idea. I don't think 5,000 is right, but I have no, I mean, it's got to be higher than that. So I don't have any clue how you figure that out. Well, yeah, I don't either. I was going to try to make a really good point, y'all. And here I go. And because I can't do math. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. 
<laughs> Mrs. Medley from Owensboro Catholic High School. If you're listening, I really did earn that C in algebra too, I promise. <laughs> I earned a C. I don't know how to do math. <laughs> Take it a step further. Um, I, I earned the very low C I got in statistics and behavioral sciences in college. So I did not. I'm really out of luck here. I did not earn that C in college. The professor was lovely and kind. I had three people very close to me die within a month and I just couldn't do that class. Mm -hmm. And he just said, honey, just show up and pretend to take it and I'll give you a C. I said, okay. I didn't even have to go to class. He was very kind. Yeah, I didn't earn that grade. I'm well, well truth be told, I do feel like because I didn't understand and I kept bugging the professor. I think he gave me a C so he didn't have to see me again. So, <laughs> Hey, I'm all me. about that. Listen, <laughs> I don't need to know statistics to be able to do therapy. It's okay. <laughs> well, so, if, even though you don't have this number, it would be a large number. Yeah. So, you know, if the listeners think about you know, 10 people they know, then at least two of them will have been affected by it. Well, if like two out of every 10 and 10 times 10 is 100, right? Yes. So that's two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, it's 20 people out of 100, right? Mm -hmm. Is my math correct on that? I think so. So for 20 people for every hundred, we're going to figure this out. So how many hundreds is in a hundred thousand? There you go. So 20 out of a hundred, I think is in at 100 times 10,000. Let's see. Oh, I, think, I thought you would. Yep. Oh, no, that's a million. Oh, Jesus. When you divide a hundred, uh, the hundred thousand by a hundred, you know, people have got to be laughing at us right now. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh oh. 100,000 divided by, what'd you say? 100? 100. Equals 1,000. I know what it is. Maybe. It would be 20% of a hundred thousand people. <gasps> Yes. Genius. 20,000. Okay. There we go. 20,000. So 20,000 people in Davis County alone have been a victim of sexual harm. Yeah. So 20,000. Yeah. What do you really think that number is? I would think a, a better number would be at least 50,000. Mm-hmm. At least half. Mm-hmm. If not... 75,000 like and I know that can seem like that's a lot because it is Mm -hmm. so very common 
because when you look at sexual harm, you know, it's being abused as a child. It's also, you know, acquaintance rapists, you know, or it could be that, you know, you are in a relationship with someone or married and you say no and they do it anyway. And that's, you're then now a victim Mm -hmm. or, you know, even I think there's sometimes there's the question of if I had said yes and I was okay with it, but then I changed my mind and said, no, well, I think a lot of people then internalize it. Well, it's really my fault, Mm -hmm. even though I, because I changed my mind. Yeah. No, that's great too. And it's also touching and, um, there's just so much that goes under this and every bit of it creates some level of trauma, you know, and that's different for everybody for how they're, how they experience it. That is very true. And, you know, um, you know, I love all things Brene Brown. I know you do too. And you've been really enjoying watching her HBO series, Atlas of the Heart. Um, I've been watching it as well. Of course, I'm listening to the book. And it was really powerful when she said that all we have to do is just listen and believe. Yes. To someone's experience, right? Like, that's all we have to do. And I think by far and large, society sucks at listening and believing. Right. You think about the campaign that Terry brought to our area, Start by Believing, mm-hmm. in the title of our podcast, Start by Listening. And I think for community members to have awareness, just because it didn't happen to you does not mean that sexual harm does not exist because it does. So when someone tells you their story or a piece of their story, having the awareness as a person within the community to listen and to believe. And, you know, I always have heard people say, yeah, but, you know, people lie about this sort of thing and they just want to get so-and-so in trouble. Mm -hmm. It is so incredibly rare for people to lie about this. This is one of those things that, um, you know, they, if they say that there has been a sexual assault, there's, there's been one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're so correct. And I think for so many individuals, it is that uh, for some people, it is like, I just don't want to think that my father, my mother, my grandfather, my grandmother, my brother, my sister, my aunt, my cousin, 
my church pastor, my youth pastor, my teacher, my coach, my husband, my wife, my aunt, my uncle, you know, all of it. I just don't want to think that they could have done something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a really powerful exercise that I've done in several trainings and Terry was the one who told me about it and she's just phenomenal and the training is at the beginning of the training you ask your audience to write down the name of the most important person in their life like the person they love the most you just have them set it aside right And then at the end of the training, you ask them, I want you to imagine how you might feel if you were to be told by law enforcement, you know, knocking on your door, that that person's name who you have written down on a piece of paper has just sexually abused, sexually assaulted another person. And when I've done that, I've had just a plethora of reactions. Mm -hmm. There's been shock. There's been denial. There's been tears. Right. And it's our nervous system responding in that moment. I mean, do you want to do you want to think, Marcy, that somebody that you love and care about could hurt somebody else in that way? Absolutely not. None of us do. No. And I think maybe it's that, that cognitive dissonance, you know, of my emotional versus reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we are emotional beings. Not cognitive, as Brene Brown said. Amen, sister. Amen. But so here's my take on um the whole thing about believing you know if you have someone that tells you that this has happened um especially if it's not if you don't know the person who did this or you don't have a relationship who did this to them what harm is it for you to believe them Mm. i mean what is it going to hurt for you to believe them and for them to have someone that has let them know that they don't, they're not alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's powerful. I just think, I think sometimes we just want to make these kinds of issues go away. And so Mm -hmm. it's easier just to not, believe it deal with it oh I'm sure they didn't mean that no just listen and believe that is that is the number one thing you can do yeah that's validation of somebody's experience and maybe that validation will be enough to help them move forward in whatever way they want to move forward Mm -hmm. whether that's you know, healing or a step to be able to put it behind them in some way, you know, whatever. But Mm -hmm. I just, I just don't see why it, it hurts you as an individual to believe someone else. 
Yeah. You know, and I agree with you. And I think for those individuals, I think perhaps they have built a life around that my experience and things I have experienced is reality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you look at systemic oppression, systemic racism, you know, how can people say, oh, racism does not exist? Well, it's easy to say it does not exist if you are not the person it's being done to. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh, what was that old? This was written, was it during World War One, Two, or Three? I know three. Oh, good Lord. Look at me projecting <laughs> into the future. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, y'all. Let's take that out of the universes. <laughs> we didn't mean it, universe. <laughs> Um, first they came for the labor unions or some such, and I said nothing, or I didn't stand up. Then they came for, you know, came through all these different groups, like the Catholics, and they came for the Protestants, then they came for the Jewish people. And it's, and at the very last, it said, and then they came for me and there was no one left. Mm. And I'm really butchering that little poem. Mm -hmm. But I think because people have this sense of security of it's, it's, it hasn't happened to me, Mm -hmm. then it it doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've never been attacked by a bear. However, um, I do know (laughs) that if I went to the Smoky Mountains, aka Gatlinburg, and I rented a cabin, it's quite likely I'm going to see a bear, and uh, I need to be cautious. Yes. Exactly. I think you're right. I think people just want to stay in their own security. Mm-hmm. And while I understand that, I think part of the human connection that we're all built for has a bit of a higher calling for us. And that's to extend compassion mm-hmm. towards other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had a thought and I have no basis on this. This is just my thinking and my opinion. But I think that if we extend compassion, if we have that ability, right? Oh, no, no, hold on. I got it backwards. If someone has difficulty extending compassion and empathy because of it's the, well, it didn't happen to me. I wonder if that's because in extending grace and compassion, it is a recognition that we too could be a survivor at any time. And that thought perhaps is just too terrifying to entertain. Yeah. 
I don't know. Again, I don't have any research about that. I don't have any anything that's just I was talking about. I feel like you need to invite Brene Brown onto this podcast <laughs> and ask her all these questions. Oh my God. I've put it into the universe. It'll happen someday. I just don't know when. <laughs> but yeah. But it is an interesting, and a theory is just a working, you know, mm-hmm. thought or idea. At least that's what I think a theory is. I could be wrong, but, or a hypothesis, I should say. But it does, you know, I do wonder that for those who have difficulty being compassionate, aka believing, mm-hmm. right? I wonder if that is a defense mechanism for this simple fact of, if I have compassion for someone who's gone through it, then that means I have to recognize that I could be in that same spot someday. And I don't want to think that. Or it could be that they have been in that same spot and they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. You know, I will say, um, I was speaking with one of our coworkers who is an educator in Mm -hmm. in the... Um, elementary schools and since she has been back in the schools post-COVID she said the amount of disclosure she is getting is unreal and so you know you and I think about the way things were Mm pre-pandemic and waiting lists and how many folks seeking services and we both know that it's a small number that actually seek out services yeah and um you you then take that and you look at in these two years since covid how many more have sought out services and how many more disclosures they're seeing in the schools mm-hmm. it's it's an enormous, it, it is overwhelming, even for me as a professional that understands all the facets of oh, this yeah. work. I mean. Oh gosh, yeah, it is hella overwhelming. You know, and that goes to, to back up my number of, you know, 75,000 out of 100,000. And so, you know, prevention through education, yes, that is always optimal, right? It's like we're trying to stop something before it happens. Mm -hmm. But I think, too, is perhaps another way to boost awareness, you know, not only through education, but just taking the time to, um, I call it taking a pulse on your community. Mm -hmm you know, come out from wherever you are and, you know, dip your toe into the newspapers, dip your toe into the little online newspaper, online magazines, um, community forums. And I'll I'll be honest, there's going to be a lot of junky junk. We all know this. There's going to be a lot of trauma and drama, as I like to say. Mm -hmm. You know, because people 
don't really have good boundaries for the most part and verbally vomit on social forums. Um, however, if you look deeper, there are kernels there. And I think if people were to take the time to just peek out and take a pulse every once in a while and uh, just keep track of how many times in the month of April was there an article or was there a blip about child pornography, an indecent exposure, stalking, um, sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And just like keep like a little tally. And I think people might begin to be a little surprised mm -hmm. at just how common it really is. Mm -hmm. um, it, I think not only that, but, you know, if they, you know, take a gander on our Facebook page, we mm -hmm. share lots of statistics and um, ways to help others. Um, yes, we do. So I think, you know, should you want to know more, our website is available and um, our Facebook page. I think it's helpful. Absolutely. It really is. But I think that's, that's how we begin with awareness, right? And just to know just what's going on in my community, you know? Um, mm -hmm. It's not just about who's running for office. <laughs> it's not about how many potholes are on Triplet Street, <laughs> right? It's about like, what, what's really going on in my community? Mm -hmm. um, it's having the knowledge of, are there certain areas that maybe where sexual perpetrators are living in my community. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, I don't know about right now, but a few years ago, Owensboro was one of the main funnels out of the correction systems for Kentucky for sex offenders. Mm. I did not know that. Yep. To, to after the release from prison to go and live. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's getting on the sex offender registry and just looking. Like, I'm going to do that right now while uh, we're doing this. Oh, I cannot minimize. Oh, that's right. I can't minimize it, but I can bring up the Google. You know, I want to say, like, if you have, like, the Ring um, doorbell app, a lot of us have those now. Yeah. But they have um, a section where you can where they have mapped out where uh, sex offenders are in your neighborhood, the registered ones. On the ring? I think that it's on there. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to share, Marcy, so you can see my screen while we're talking. So I just Googled Kentucky sex offender registry. And again, we live in Kentucky and that's where, you know, our focus is, right? And it, it, it takes says click here to search. So I'm searching. 
Now, this is interesting because you can search based on a person's last name. You can search based on an address, city, county, or zip code. So I'm just going to do a zip code. By the way, this is one of my favorite activities to do with kiddos, and I use our work address. So I put in the zip code for 42303 for uh, Davis County. 196 registered offenders in that zip code. It will show a picture. It will show their date of birth. It will show their current address. And if they, their status, which says if they're compliant or not compliant. But isn't this interesting? Wow. Look at that. So what's really cool about this is as a citizen of Kentucky, right? Or as a Owensboro community member, this is an interesting way to begin to see who is living in your neighborhood, right? Now, and on that I'm, page, you can actually look up your address mm-hmm. and it'll show you uh, people in your neighborhood. Yes, it will. Now, I want to be very mindful of, you know, um, and I'm not saying anybody's names on this podcast or anything like that. And I'm not saying that people need to use this as a way to harass or punish any human being. Okay. That is not my goal. Again, the title of this podcast is how, how do I become more aware of sexual assault in my community? Right. That's what we're looking at. And this is just another tool that you have at your disposal to begin to become aware. That's all. And these are only individuals who have been found guilty in a court of law and mandated to be placed on the sexual offender registry, right? And there are many more that do not comply with this. So they're not on, or they haven't been through trial or haven't been reported and they're not on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just fascinating, I think, just looking at these names. Yeah, I'll be honest, I had never looked it up this way. Mm-hmm. It is very fascinating. And I will also say, you know, um, as you said, you know, this is just for education purposes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I think that's important. Yeah. These, they are still people too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I I would think other states would have this in, you know, the United States. I don't know, though, but I would think. 
that other states would have sex offender registries where you could access the information online. Um, but I'm not for sure, you know. There was a state, and I don't remember, and this was years ago, there was an article about a state that, like, would put signs in their yards, like, at Halloween and stuff. Hmm. You know, that don't go to this house. That's interesting. But I don't remember the state. I just remember reading that. Yeah. Because I thought... It was really interesting and also kind of questioned how they could do that. Yeah. So, you know, today we've talked about just different ways to bring awareness um, to yourself and to the community about sexual harm. Mm -hmm. sexual assault, sexual abuse, et cetera. And those are the ways I can think of about bringing awareness to yourself as a community member, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Have I left anything off, Marcy? Have I, can I think you think we've of hit, I think we've hit the basics. Um, again, I think I still think the, the best thing you can do is just believe. Yeah. Yeah. Start by believing and start by listening. Absolutely. Two important concepts. Yes. If you as a human being can do those two things, I think you're golden. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, Marcy, I have enjoyed our time together on this beautiful Thursday. Me too. It's been a good always, day. Yes, it has. As always, thank you so much for joining and adding to the podcast. Appreciate that. Thank you again for having me. I've enjoyed being on here with you. Absolutely. So for all of our listeners out there, we want to tell you, Start by believing somebody's story. And that begins with starting by listening. And if you start listening today, you can change the world tomorrow. Have a good day. Well, we made it to the end of our episode. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to thank VOCA for funding our podcast. VOCA stands for Victims of Crime Act. This project was supported by grant number VOCA 2020, Green River 00026, awarded through the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet by the United States Department of Justice. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this publication, program, exhibition are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Kentucky Justice and Public Safety Cabinet or the U.S. Department of Justice. We also want to give a big shout out and a thank you to Seth Hedges of Uriah Wild Media. He is the amazing individual who created the beautiful music for our podcast. We thank you so much, Seth. I'm going to encourage you to go check out his stuff. 
He's pretty talented and awesome. You can find him at www.uriahwild.com. That's www.uriahwilde.com. And finally, we want to give a really special shout out to Rodney Newton for being our amazing technical advisor. He has spent several Saturdays and days throughout the week to help us get this podcast up and going. Rodney, you are our captain. And finally, we hope that you'll take something you heard today and change the world tomorrow. Join us next time on Start By Listening. And as always, please remember that New Beginnings is here for you to listen or help 24 hours a day. Just give us a call, 1-800-226-7273.